0: Today, As we open our Bible up to the book of Psalms, I want you to go ahead and be doing that. I want to remind you that we're in a sermon series called Palm Tree Living. Palm Tree Living, and it's living the what kind of life? The good life, and I want to remind you of that, and I want to talk to you today about that, and we're gonna be looking in just a moment at Psalms 92. But before we do that, uh, me and my wife, we got in this habit, y'all, that every time we're watching TV or wherever we're going, we're going Oh, and, oh, did you see that palm tree, man? Did you see that? And all of a sudden, we're beginning to look for those things and identify them because God tells us as believers that we can live the palm tree life. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is this, what is palm tree living? What is living life like that? So I want to make sure uh, that you read this, this definition with me, and let's all read it together. Are you ready? Here we go. It is consistently living in, experiencing, and enjoying the abundant, victorious Christian life despite the challenges, the circumstances, or the climate that I might find myself presently in or about to face. It's living the what? Good life. Now, go back in that definition again at the beginning of it, and I just want you to pay attention to a word, and that word is consistently. What we find is a lot of people don't know how to be consistent in their walk with God. They're on the mountaintop, they're in the valley. They're up here, they're down here. They're in church, they're out of church. They're on fire, they're not on fire. And what God wants to do in our life is he wants us to learn to live consistently. No matter what's going on around us, no matter what's happening, no matter the struggles, the battles, the challenges, the circumstances, it's still God living in us. And God gives us as a peace that passes all understanding. It is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Because of that, the world may be chaotic, my, all the things around me may be chaotic, but God has got control of this thing. That is, when I look at my life, watch this, write this down, I can have, you better write this down, it's good, I can have peace in the storm. I can, have, I can be relaxed in the midst of a mess. That is, what's over my head is under his feet. I may be in the storm, but I know the master of the sea. Can I get an amen? He's the one, and because of that, watch this, I can live consistently in victory. Now, because of that, what does God want me to do? He wants me to flourish. i want to give you the definition of flourishing. What does flourishing mean? Well, it means to grow. It means to thrive, to achieve success, to what? prosper, to be adorned, to be displayed, to what, y'all say it, what? To twirl, to be in a state of activity or production or to reach a height of development to influence. That's exactly what God wants to do with your life. He wants you to flourish in life. He wants to put you on display. He wants you to twirl. He wants you to display his glory. He wants to show you how to do that in the light, the world that you live in. So now God is wanting us to live the palm tree life, and he wants us to flourish. So today, if you have your Bible, and I hope that you do, take your Bible and open it up to the book of Psalms, chapter 92, and we're going to be looking there together as we study under the sermon title today, defining the palm tree and discovering its secrets. Defining the palm tree and discovering its secrets. Are you ready, church? Can I get an amen? Let's look there together at Psalms 92. Let's look there together. The Bible says in verse number 12, the righteous shall what? Flourish like a what? Palm tree. He shall grow like the cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit when, in old age, they will be fat and flourishing, and they're going to show that the Lord is upright, that he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Now, take your Bible and look over there, beginning in verse number 12, and you'll see something. That is the righteous. There's the qualifier you have to be The righteous in the Lord. Now, when you look at your life, you may say, Brother Jackie, I'm not righteous. I know that. The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. The Bible says our righteousness is like what? Filthy rags. So we have to realize then that the only way that we can be righteous in the sight of God is we have to know Jesus as our Savior. When we become to know Jesus as our savior, we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ, we are clothed with him, he has got us covered. Can I get an amen? He takes my sin and washes it away, makes me as white as snow. He takes my sin and casts it as far as the east is to the west, And the Bible says he will remember them no more. The Bible tells us that if we will open our heart and let Jesus come in, that he will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. The Bible says that he will write our name in the last book of life and we will be his children and he will be our father. He'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. We can know that we have eternal life in him. And because of that, we don't live and exist in our righteousness, but we live and exist in his righteousness. Thank God for that. And The Bible says that you can flourish. That is, you can thrive in your life. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to be downhearted. You don't have to be beat up every day of your life. You don't have to be that sour push Christian. You don't have to be that person that's always down. But God wants to lift you up and give you victory in your life. And he wants to give you a place in your life where you can flourish. How many of you want to do that? I want to flourish in my life. I want God to do something great in my life. I want to see God prosper me, allow me to be successful, put me in a place to display me, to allow me to twirl for his glory, to allow me to be able to be a testimony for him that wherever I go, I can let my light so shine before men that they may see my good works and glorify my Father which is in heaven. I can be the salt of the earth. I can be the light of the world. I know that If God be for me, who can be against me? That God is always at work in my life. That no matter where I am, he's always there. He is a father that will never abandon me. He'll never walk out on me. He'll never give up on me. His love will never be quenched. His love will never be stopped. He's always operative and working in my life. And I thank God for that. Can I get an amen? So God wants us to thrive and to grow. So when I thought about that, I wrote down a few things today that I just want to charge you up with. So today I want you to look at point number one. It goes like this. The palm tree is God's nature portrait of a Christian. The palm tree is God's nature portrait of a Christian. In other words, when you look at all the things that God created, he he points at a palm tree and he says, you know what, you're like that. You know, when you study your Bible and you begin to open it up from Genesis all the way through Revelation, you begin to see that God kind of looks in there in all of his creation. And all of a sudden, he will start using examples to to get us to identify our life with. For example, he says things like this, you're the light of the world. And how many of you understand that God is light and God created light? Uh, We know that. And God uses light to demonstrate to the world of who you're supposed to be. When you're looking at life, sometimes Jesus would say, hey, look at that bird over there. You see that sparrow over there? My father, he created that sparrow. If he'll take care of that little bird, he'll surely take care of you. He used things like flowers. He, he pointed to flowers and he said, uh, you know, Solomon, all of his glory was not arrayed like one of the lilies of the field. And if God will clothe the flowers of the field, surely he'll take care of you. He used the flowers and he used the grass of the field. He says, your life is like grass. You know, it's here for a minute and then it goes away. And he, he uses a vapor. He says, what? Know you not that your life's like a vapor? It appears for a minute and then it goes away. And he uses all kinds of illustrations, Uh, in life to talk about us. But one thing that he does, y'all, he uses a palm tree to talk about our life as Christians. And I want you to notice in Psalms 92 what he says in verse number 12. He says, the righteous shall flourish like a what? Palm tree. Uh, Let's say it together like y'all are not on holiday weekend. Are you ready? Here we go. The righteous shall what? Flourish like a palm tree. You know what God is doing? He's looking at a palm tree, and he's looking at his children. And he's going, you're like that palm tree. You're like that palm tree. And, and last night, Denise and I were watching one of those ball games. I don't know which one it was. And, uh, <clears throat> oh, it was it Alabama? That's what it was. I didn't want to say that. But, but we were watching, and all of a sudden, a commercial come on. And all of a sudden, this guy was talking. And I don't know what his commercial was all about because his, his commercial didn't get my attention. But but all of a sudden, as he was talking on this commercial, there was a palm tree behind him. Now, I don't know what his commercial was about, but Denise kind of elbowed me. She went, did you see that? There's a palm tree right there. And man, I'm, all of a sudden, I'm starting to look at palm trees. I'm starting to pay attention to them. Why? Because God says, you're like that. You're like a palm tree. When I go to the beach, I see a palm tree, and all of a sudden, my mind, when I see those palm trees, I just kind of go like this, y'all. Y'all may not do this, but I kind of go like this. When I see those palm trees, I go, Whew, it's time to relax. Amen? As a matter of fact, we got so many heathens on the beach right now relaxing, I can't even believe it. They're not with us. They're on the beach relaxing. They're probably watching us online, so... Y'all need to repent and get right with God. But, but the fact of the matter is, they're relaxing, and, and somebody told me this week, they said, hey, Brother Yankee, uh, guess what I'm going to do this weekend. I said, what? They said, we're headed to the beach. And I said, really? And they go, well, yeah. They said, you know what I'm going to do when I get down there? And I said, no, what are you going to do? They said, I'm going to find two palm trees and put my hammock between them, and I'm just going to chill out, man, chill out. And I thought, man, you stinker, you. Uh, you know, every time I think about that, I think about relaxing and I think about peace. I think about, you know, serenity. I think about the breeze blowing. And I think about life, good life. And God says to you and I, He says, You know, you're righteous. You're not righteous because of who you are, but you're righteous because of who my son is. And you know what you're like? You're like a palm tree. Think about that for a minute. God uses the palm tree as a nature picture to tell us who we are. You're like that, every one of us are. So when I thought about that, I I wanted to get you to point number two because this cranks me up, and point number two is so powerful. God made palm trees different than any other trees in nature. I don't know if you know this, but I got a book coming out called Palm Tree Living. I wrote it, and and in order to write it, I had to study palm trees, y'all. I know you're looking at me like, are, are you just weird or what? But God showed me this and I had to study palm trees and it was crazy what I found out. Uh, can I just tell y'all this? In, on a farm where I live in St. Clair County, I live in West Brompton, y'all. Uh, and you know what? There ain't no palm trees down there, y'all. There's oak trees and pine trees and hickory trees and all those, but there's no palm trees there. And so I had to study palm trees in order to teach on this. God made the palm tree different from among all the trees in nature to display how unique and, uh, that he wanted his children to be. In other words, God points at a palm tree. For all of you that know Jesus as your Savior, will you raise your hand right now? You know Christ is your Savior. Come on now. Are you glad that you know him? Can I get an Amen. amen. And all of you that raise your hand this is what God would say. He would say, "You know what? You're like a palm tree." And you're thinking, "Well, what's the big deal about that? What's the big deal about that?" And God reaches down into everything that he created and he and he points out a palm tree and he says, "You're like that. You're like a palm tree." When I read about that and thought about it, I thought, "Man, l- let's see what's different about a palm tree than all the other trees." And I begin to study this and Uh, I began to learn something. Did you know a palm tree must have the right location to grow and thrive? And that's where God puts them. He puts them in special places so that they can grow and thrive. And that's what the Bible says, that God takes you, and he takes you out of the kingdom of darkness, and he puts you in the kingdom of light, and he transplants you into that kingdom of light so that you can thrive, so that you can fulfill God's purpose for your life. And I thought, wow, that's an interesting thought that, that if we look at palm trees and you look at all the palm trees that are around the world, most of them are not native to where they are. They've been transplanted, and that's what God does for us. He takes us out of one kingdom and puts us in another kingdom. He takes us out of darkness and puts us into the light. He takes us out of unholiness and puts us into holiness. He takes us out of places that we're disconnected with him and he makes us connected with him, and so God places us in his care and then palm trees <clears throat> their stem, you know If you look at a palm tree it, and you just look at it for a minute. It's just a big old tall stem plugged up there and uh, we, when you start studying the word palm The word palm in the Hebrew is the word Tamar and the word Tamar means upright It means integrity. It means character. So God says to you and me You're like the Tamar of the palm tree. You're standing strong and erect and powerful, and you've got character and you've got integrity about you, and that shows the purpose of the palm tree. You're upright. And and by the way, the palm tree, the leaves on a palm tree are the crown of that palm tree. You know, palm trees don't have limbs and leaves stuck out everywhere. The leaves are on the top of the palm tree. And that Those leaves demonstrate the crown of life It demonstrates the beauty of the palm tree. The stalk is just ugly, but the leaves branch out and they 're beautiful and, and all of a sudden we realize that the top of that tree is the crown of the glory of that tree, like Jesus is for us we 're just nothing more than the sticks that are stuck up, but all of a sudden God allows us to have the beauty of the crown of his glory on our life and our leaves on the top represents the head of the palm tree, who is Jesus Christ, and I thank God for that. And, and the, fr- the the fruit adorns that tree. And did you know that on a palm tree, the older the, the tree is, the sweeter the fruit is, and the more it produces. And all of a sudden, we begin to realize that God says, oh, you're like that. You're like that. I'm crowning you by my glory, and I'm going to produce fruit in your life. And the, the older you get in walking with me, the, fruit, the sweeter your fruit's gonna be. And that's what God dis- determines for us. The palm tree, n- not only that, but the palm tree, uh, the tr- palm tree family, there's over 2,500 species of palm trees. And they're all palms, but they're all kind of different and unique. And that's like us as a church. We're all different, but yet we're all part of the same family. The palm tree is an amazing thing. Did you know that the palm tree, when you look at the palm tree, the, uh, the winds blow and the storms come and it just dances in the storm. In other words, the leaves may blow and all that, but it just dances in the storm. That's what God wants you and me to do. He wants us to dance and show his glory in the storm. And, and, and the palm tree, did you know this? The palm tree... Uh, when you look at other trees, and because I came up the way I came up, my dad used to take me out, and we'd, we'd pull bob wire. <clears throat> and we'd pull that barbed wire, and, and uh, every now and then we'd put up posts, but every now and then we'd come to a tree, and we'd just nail the barbed wire in the tree. And, and after a few years, and I can still go back there to the farm and look at where me and my dad nailed that barbed wire in the tree, and the barbed wire will be grown into the tree. As a matter of fact, we've discovered that people have said that on their, on their home front, where they used to ride their bicycles when they were kids, did you know this? That they found bicycles grown into trees because the bicycle, uh, when the kid got through with it, just leaned it up against the tree and the tree just kind of swallowed it up, and, but not a palm tree. You know, that doesn't happen to a palm tree. When, when we put barbed wire against an oak tree or a hickory tree, it, the, it just goes into the tree. But a palm tree, it breaks the bands. Nothing grows inside the palm tree. The palm tree, it, it doesn't allow things to get in it, to capture it. it. When you put a band around a palm tree, the more it grows, it just breaks the bands. It doesn't let it get on the inside of it, it just breaks it loose. And that's what God wants us to do with our life. We don't want, God doesn't want junk to get in us. He wants us to know that no weapon formed against us will prosper and no tongue that rides against us in judgment will, will be able to prosper because God is going to give us strength to break that junk off our life. And rather than, than the devil coming and chaining us with junk and garbage in our life, God says, don't let that happen to you. You're a palm tree, you have the power to break that away from your life, those strongholds that come. Uh, did you know that a palm tree, not only does it break the bands uh, that, that seem to bind it, but do you know a palm tree, it'll bend but it don't break? You know, when you look at a regular tree, the, the tree grows and <clears throat> when you cut a tree, it's got all those circles on the inside and, and those circles indicate the years uh, the, how long it's been alive and the storms that it's been through and the drought that it's been through and it's got the circles on the inside, but a palm tree doesn't have that. A palm tree doesn't have the circles inside of itself. That's not how a palm tree is made. A palm tree is made like, uh, like, like one of your telephone cords uh, that, that's got all these little veins running up through it. And those veins that run up through it uh, cause it to be elastic. And so if you take a cord that's got all these other little cords in it, you can bend it and all that stuff, but it doesn't break. And did you know that's the way God created a palm tree? Those tentacles that run deep into the soil to find the strength and the water and nurturing it, it goes up through that palm tree. And rather than the winds blowing it over and breaking it like a normal tree, it doesn't do that. The, the wind may come to a palm tree and it'll bend it all the way over, but it won't break it. That's what God says about you. The winds of your storm, the winds of life may blow you, but it won't break you because I'm living on the inside of you. Can I get an amen? Did, did you know this, y'all? Did you know this, that palm trees don't burn? Did you know that people don't walk around on the beach selling firewood called palm trees? Did you know that when you look at a palm tree, it just... They can't burn them. They don't burn. And because of that, it needs to remind you that as a palm tree, you will never burn That God has rescued you from the fire of hell and you will never burn because of his glory and his power in your life. Can I get an amen? All the other trees of the world may burn, but you will never burn because God has rescued you from that place called hell. And thank God for that. Can I get an amen? And because of that, God says that you're like a palm tree, man that God has done something in you and through you that nobody else can do and God uses that to demonstrate all the glory of his life and a palm tree is evergreen, there's always life in it. And that's what God wants to do with you is to give you life and give it more abundantly in your life. So God uses this palm tree to be different than all the other trees in nature to demonstrate who we are as a church. And by the way, when you look at a group of palm trees, they're called an oasis. And guys, I'm going to tell you, that oasis gives a, a message of hope to those that are journeying through the desert. And when we come together as a church, we're an oasis of palm trees. That the world out there can look at us and say, there's hope for our life. Because look at all them palm trees that are gathered together today to send us a message that there's hope for our life too. Guys, we are a message from God. We are a palm tree that God has chosen to demonstrate His glory. And thank God for that today. Can I get an amen? amen? Now I want you to look at the third thing because this is so important. And that is this, the inner hidden life. How does the palm tree thrive and survive in the dry places and the, the storms of life? How does that happen? And I want you to know that there's an inner life inside that palm tree. And I want you to take your Bible and turn it over to the book of Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17. You'll notice that the great apostle Paul says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by what church? Faith. Circle that in your Bible. It's that connection of faith that you have in God through Jesus Christ. But that you, being rooted and grounded in love, notice the next part of that verse. It says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory, the mystery of. Among the Gentiles, which is Christ where? In you, the hope of glory. Look at me, friend. When you have Jesus inside you, there is a life in you. And that life is the hope of glory. It's Christ in you. It's that inner hidden life that lives and resides on the inside of you that you may have to go through a storm. You may have to walk through a valley. You may have to go through a dry time in your life. But God is still inside you. Christ is still in you. He's giving you hope. That hope is manifested by faith. That faith is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. God always operates himself in the realm of faith. And that faith manifests itself through Christ Jesus that lives on the inside of you. When you have a relationship with Christ, you have a a relationship that gives you life and gives it more abundantly. And because of that, you have hope no matter where you are in life, no matter what's going on in life, there's still hope in you. The storm may come, the winds may blow, the hurricanes may come up on your island, but because of that, you have hope that, that, that God is for you, that you've got a victory in Christ, that inner hidden life, Then I want you to look at the second thing in this, this, the outward expression of that life. That inner life that lives on the inside of you, what does God want want, want to do with that? He wants to manifest that outwardly. The great apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. I live yet, not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith of the Son of God who, what church? Everybody say it. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Can I get an amen? Christ loves you so much that, that he wants to live in you and through you. and He's given you that life of hope inside you, which brings us to the third thing of that point, and it's like this. We have a relationship to our surroundings. Everywhere we go, we are to manifest that relationship of Jesus in and through our life, no matter where we are. No matter if we're on the mountaintop or the valley, we're in the storm or we're in the pleasant sunshine of life, God wants us to manifest that relationship. Philippians 2.15 says, That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, that you, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among that crooked and perverse nation, You are to shine like lights in the world. Can I get an amen? We're living in a dark time, y'all. We're living in a nation that is polluted and perverse. We're living in a nation that seems to have forgotten God. We're living in a nation where there seems to be no life among us. And God says what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to shine like lights in a dark world. We're supposed to let our light shine for God. Can I get an amen? Amen. When I think about that, so many people are Christians and they're defeated. They're beat up. They're trodden down. They've given up on life. They've given up on hope. Our churches are dead as a doornail. Uh, we look at people that are supposed to be living the victorious Christian life and all they do is bellyache and complain and they're, they're beat up with life and, and all of a sudden we look at our church's day and we're decreasing rather than increasing and they're cold and calloused and there's no power among us and there's no manifestation of Christ. Can I tell you, church, that what God wants to see happen among his people is for us to rise up and let our light shine before men. See God doing great things in your life. Yeah, we're gonna have hard times, and yeah, we're gonna go through storms, and yeah, it's gonna be tough sometime, but Christ is in us. And I'm telling you, when we have Christ in us, friend, we have a victory in us. Can I get an amen? When I look at Philippians 2.15, he says, let your light shine. And because of that, I wrote this, and I had me a fit when I wrote this. Point number four is a good point, y'all. Every Christian should feel great on the inside because of who's on the inside. Did you hear that? Every Christian ought to feel great on the inside because of who's on the inside. We got Jesus in us, amen? Now watch this, you gotta say this with me. Everybody, the next point. I feel great on the inside and I'm gonna do what? Show it on the outside. Say it together again. I feel great on the inside and I'm gonna what? Show it on the outside. One more time, everybody, I feel great on the inside and I'm going to show it on the outside. You know, when I look at that, I look at our worship, I look at our singing, I look at our praise, I look at our, 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 our attendance, I, I look at how we are and how we manifest that and how we display the glory of God. Man, if you've got Jesus in you, if you've got Jesus in you, you ought to be showing it on the outside. You know what, sometimes life is hard, sometimes life is difficult, and sometimes life is complicated. But we've got to learn that no matter where we are on the journey of life, the good days, the bad days, the easy days and the hard days, that we're to show Jesus to a world that desperately needs Christ. And if we've got Jesus on the inside, we're to be showing it on the outside. Yesterday, I had the privilege of going to the veterans' home right down the road to do a funeral yesterday. And as I was there, I I was sitting, I got there a little bit earlier in in the day and the funeral was at like at 11 o'clock and I got there about 10 o'clock and I went down to the middle of the the home and they got this beautiful place. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's kind of like a gathering place in the center of the veterans home. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go in the middle of this thing and sit down and kind of chill out for a minute and just kind of be by myself, go over my notes, getting ready for the funeral. And I went and sat down there and opened my Bible and thinking I, nobody was going to bother me. And guess what happened? You would never guess. I saw this little old man coming down the hall in a wheelchair. And I thought, oh, man, I just want to sit here and study. I hope he goes by me. Hope he don't stop. And he he kept coming He kept coming. I kept glancing down at my notes and taking one eye and looking up and thinking, you know what? You need to go on, man. Just I'm studying. I'm, I'm getting ready. And, and I looked up, and guess where he was? Right here. And he was in his wheelchair, and he was sitting right here by, by me. And I thought, oh, man, he's not going to go away. He's just not going to go away. And he rolled up there beside me in his wheelchair, and, and he looked at me, and he said, son, how's your day? And I thought, okay, this is going to be good. And I said, well, my day's fine, sir. How's your day? He said, oh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm just thankful to be alive. He said, you know, at 93, I ought to be thankful, shouldn't I? And I, I, I'm thankful that God is with me and God's helped me and God's led me along the way of 93 years. And, he, and by the way, he said it with a smile. And he said to me, are you thankful? And I thought, Wow. Here's a 93-year-old in a wheelchair about to preach me a sermon that I need. And I said, sir, I really am. I'm thankful. He said, why? I mean, he's going to put me, he's going to interrogate me now. <laughs> I said, well, Jesus is in me, man. And I got a new life. He said, that's what I'm talking about. Put his wheels on his, on his wheel, hands on his wheelchair and rode past me, left me hanging. And as he went away, I thought, you know what? We ought to be thankful. We ought to be thankful. This morning in our first service, I was so encouraged today in our first service. Our first service, there was an old boy when I always like to go around and hang out with all of y'all and, and just kind of talk to you when you first come in. I like to see people that come to church and say, how you doing? How's it going in your life? So many of us got so much to be thankful for. So many of us got so many good things going on, on the inside. We will be showing on the outside. Oh, Cherokee, one of our members, he had a terrible motorcycle wreck a couple of weeks ago. He was in the hospital seven consecutive days. He got out of the hospital last Tuesday. He's got a broken back. He's got a broke foot. And he's got a, he's got a pump sitting on his side that uh, a, a tube is running into his knee behind his kneecap, sucking the fluid off his knee. And I looked out this morning, and guess who was showing up for church? Cherokee. Cherokee was coming in. I said, man, are you crazy? Have you lost your ever-loving mind? Here are you coming into church well, with, a, with a broke back, and he's got that thing on his side with a tube running down his leg, up into his kneecap, sucking the fluid off his, off his knee. And I said, Cherokee, have you lost your mind? He said, man, I couldn't wait to get back to church. I couldn't wait to get with all of you. Brother Jack, I'm just glad to be here. And I thought, you know what? There's a man right there that's, he may be going through a hard time in his life, but he's living life on the inside and he's showing it on the outside. He's not quitting when times get hard and times get difficult. He's not giving up. He knows that he's got somebody living on the inside of him that causes him to have a life and have it more abundantly, and he won't quit on God. I look at people today that's got so much going in their life, Go their way and they give up on God. I'm reminded of Sandra Brooks who uh, Lane that 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 came to this church and David's mom and and and, and all the boys' mom uh, that 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 come to this church. And Sandra had a terrible automobile accident. And she she would come to in the she for for 16 years I believe it was. Dave she couldn't eat a bite of food. She had to be fed with a tube. And Sandra would come to this church and. Bless her heart, she'd get a wheelchair out, roll herself into the church, and she'd be here so faithfully. She'd be here and be consistent and faithful. And every now and then when I'd preach, I'd, she'd sit right back here and I'd see her, a little feeble body. And she'd, she'd come down the aisle with a walker, come to the altar, praying for whoever. And she was on our prayer team and never quit, never gave up. And I thought, you know what, here's a person that if anybody had the right and the reason to say, life is hard and life is tough and why me, Lord? But she never did that. She just kept on showing it on the outside that God was living on the inside. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter the tough times you're in, if you've got Jesus, you've got a reason to live. If you've got Jesus, you've got a reason to praise God. If you've got Jesus on the inside of you, you've got a victory because, listen, my friend, the storm may come, but he made you like a palm tree. You may bend, but you won't break. You may you may have things come your way, but you won't let them get in you to destroy your abundance in Christ. You may, you may struggle, but God is in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You may have a hard time in life, but thank God you've got a home in heaven. Can I get an amen? And because of that, you are to be faithful along the journey. I feel great on the inside and I'm showing it on the outside. Let me give you a couple of quick things that you need to write down. The secret to the inside life is the heart, the heart. You've got to have Jesus in your heart. You're born again life to live in complete responsiveness to God. You've got Jesus in your heart. Christ lives on the inside of you, and you're born again. You're not who you used to be. You you have a new life now. You're born again, and you are to live your life in complete responsiveness to God who has become your, say it, father. He is your father. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He is a Father that won't walk out on you, that won't quit on you, that won't give up on you. He's a Father that believes in you, that, that, that He has given you this life. It's in your heart. It's real. And then your root life. And that's your life of complete dependence. You've got, a, you've got roots in your life that go deep. Those roots in your life go deep into the water of the Spirit of God. The Bible says if you will come to Him, that you will have flowing out of your belly a river of water of life. And you've you've got that deep root life and that deep root life is complete dependence upon the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. God's word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Heaven and earth may pass away, but God's words will never pass away. You've got the word of God that will not return void. Sometimes you don't even know what you've got, that you know what to pray for, but you can open the word of God and speak the word of God. And where the word of God is spoken, there is power and there is liberty. And where the spirit of God is, there is liberty. And you've got your life that is dependent upon that. You're not dependent upon all the outward circumstances circumstances of your life. No, you're dependent upon that inner life, that inner spirit-filled life of Jesus living in you. And then the next one is this, the head life. My life of complete union with Christ, my life of complete union with Christ, who supplies what? Everything I need or ever will need. Do y'all believe that God will do that for you? This morning, somebody walked up to me and they said, Brother Jackie, i got to share an incredible testimony with you. And I said, what is it? I've got two minutes and 39 seconds. Make it quick. She said, you know what? This week, I didn't know what I was going to do. She said, she's single. She's She's a single lady. She's got tough times. She's had a hard life. And she struggles. And it's just tough on her. And she said, but I'm so blessed, Brother Jackie. I'm so blessed, Brother Jackie. She said, I came down, I tried to pay my bills and I tried to figure out how I was going to make it and I didn't know how I was going to make it. She said, I got it all down and I no groceries in my house. When I got it all down, I had $3 to my name. And she said, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to do it this week. Got $3, that's all I got. And she said, do you know what, Brother Jenkins? God began to lead me and guide me on that. And she said, all of a sudden, I saw God begin to work. And God began to bring people in my life with food. They started delivering it to me. They started bringing me groceries. And Brother Jackie, when it was all over, when it was all over at the end of the week, I had 90 plus dollars that somehow God took three and gave me 90. And she said, "To God be the glory for that? I don't, and she said, I don't know how that happened, Brother Jackie, but God knew I had a need. I'm gonna tell you, my friend, no matter who you are, if you belong to him, he already knows what needs you've got. He already knows the struggles you've got. He already knows the when you don't have anything and you're asking yourself, how am I gonna make it through this? The Bible says in the book of Colossians, chapter one, He's the head. He's the head. He's the head. And listen, church, we can't ever forget that. God, Jesus, is the head. And if we belong to him and he belongs to us, as long as he's the head of our life, he'll always take care of us. He's the head of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And the Bible says in him is all preeminence. That is, he is above everything. For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and all power the Bible goes on and says, but my God shall supply all your needs, somebody tell me, according to his riches and glory, where? By Christ Jesus. And then everybody knows Philippians 4, 13. Will you say it with me? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say it again, everybody. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Would you, would you say that one more time? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God says, you're a palm tree. God says, you remind me of a palm tree. You're righteous. You're like a palm tree. Hurricanes come, storms come, rains fall, winds blow but you will not break. You will not break because of who you belong to. Jesus is in you. You you won't quit because in the midst of your storm, I'm going to display you to the world of how good your God is. In the midst of your valley, when your life is dry, your roots are going to go deep. And because your roots are going to go deep, I'm going to give you an inner life that will cause you to thrive when all, everything else around you is dying. You're going to be an oasis in a desert. People will ask you, how do you keep going? How do you keep surviving? And God will say to you, because you are a palm tree, you've got an inner life in you that that I will supply your needs. I'll take care of you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm never going to give up on you. I'm going to be there because you know that I will supply your needs. And you need to get your head up, my son. You need to get your head up, my daughter. You need to remember this. You need to stand tall and erect. You're the Tamar of life. You're standing strong. You're not weak, but you're strong. You're not broken, but you are got victory in your life. You, you, you've got a crown of glory on top of your head. It's Christ. And while you're struggling, I'm gonna let you blow. And I'm gonna let the wind whip you around a little bit, but everybody around you will see that and they'll see you twirling for God. Because you need to remember this. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I'm going to give you the bottom line. I'm going to come back to that thought. The bottom line is this the secret to palm tree living is not living this life in your own power. You can't do it, y'all. You can't live this life in your own power. You'll be defeated every time. But rather, drawing upon. You've got to draw upon, you've got to practice, and you've got to cultivate. And you've got to maintain your inner secret union with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Go back to the beginning of that bottom line together with me. The secret to palm tree living is not living this life in your own power, but rather drawing upon practicing and cultivating and maintaining our secret inner union with God the Father, with God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you because you have life in you. Today I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different than what we normally do. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads all over this building. Everybody bow your head and everybody close your eyes. I'm going to ask you to be honest today. Honest today. I'm going to ask you. Is there anybody in this building that that has a need in your life, just a need in your life. It may be a physical need. It may be a need that's going on in your world that you go, God, I need help. Would you slip up your hand if you have a need in your life, a special need in your life? It may be that you need God to touch you in a special way. It may need that God needs to do a, a miracle in your life. Maybe, Maybe you're struggling with something or maybe you're, And I'm gonna say this, this may sound crazy. You may even be saying, God, I need a mate in my life. I need a friend. God, I need to figure out how I'm gonna do something. God, I'm struggling on the job. Anybody got a need, raise your hand. I'm gonna ask you to do something today. If you have a need in your life, would you stand and come to the altar and I'm gonna pray over you today. I just want you to stand here. You don't have to bow. You've got a need in your life. I'm going to ask you to come. Whatever your need may be, you just come. Just come. And and I'm just going to ask you, if you don't mind, we're just going to turn our sanctuary into a prayer, a place of prayer today. And, And as people come all over the sanctuary with needs, I'm going to pray over you. And, and I, I, listen, I'm serious now. God laid this on my heart. If you've got a need, you come. And I'm going to pray over you. This is what I want you to hear me say today. As I pray over you this week, if God, if God does, not if, when, God. When God does the miracle in your life, I want you to email me. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your victory. I want to hear your story. So right now, all of you that are sitting there, would you stand with me? and Would you lift your hands over these people? And right now, we're going to pray a prayer of faith. And we're going to believe that God is going to take care of the needs. We're going to believe that God is going to reach down and minister to you in a special way. So right now, would you lift your hands over them? And I'm going to pray over you. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, these people that God, you have chosen and you've convicted and God, you have drawn them to you. Lord, they have given their heart to you and their life to you. And Lord, because of that, you are their father. They belong to you. They're your children. And God, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, you said in your word, that you would supply all of our needs according to your glory in Christ Jesus and your riches. And God, right now, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you tell us, Father, you tell us to pray. You asked us to do that. You tell us, God, that we are to let our requests be made known to you. You tell us, God, to call out to you and to humble ourselves before you. you. You tell us to do that. And you tell us, God, that if we will humble ourselves before you, that, God, you will exalt us in due season. And you ask us, God, that we are to pray without ceasing. And you tell us, Father, that we are to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. And, Father, that's exactly how you've instructed me today. You've instructed me to tell your people that, have a need that they are to come to you. And God, they've done that. And now, Lord, we know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And Lord, whatever's going on in their life, I'm going to ask you in the mighty name of Jesus, the powerful name of Jesus, through the power of God the Father, through the power of God the Son, through the power of God the Holy Spirit, that God, you would begin to do a work in their life. And Lord, without a shadow of a doubt, they will know that you have done this. That God, they will give you all the glory and all the praise and all the wonderful works and manifest that in and through their life. And Lord, that they will stand and shine as palm trees in this world because God, you're going to do a work in their life. And Father, right now, I'm asking, Lord, that you will manifest yourself and you will meet that need and they will give you praise for that. So Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we're asking, Father, that you will do that and we're going to believe that by faith and we're going to receive that by faith and we're going to hear many, many testimonies testimonies this week of how you worked in their life. And we're going to give you all the praise and all the glory and all of God's people said amen. Let's give God praise today. He is good. Can I get an amen? Praise the Lord for that. And right now, as you make your way back to the seat, I just want to tell you one thing and then we're going to wrap it up. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, but you'd like to know Him, you'd like to know Him as your Savior, you can come to Him today. If you're here, and I'm just gonna say this, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you would like to have have somebody pray with you, would you just slip your hand up? We're gonna have somebody come to you today if you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Well, today, as you come together and we have this moment together, how many of y'all believe that prayer works? How many of you believe that God is on his throne? How many of you believe that if we ask, we can receive from him? Can I get an amen? So today, those of you that had that moment of prayer, I want to hear your miracle story. Let's bow together and pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for how good you are. We thank you, Lord, that we're different from the world. We're not of the world. God, we are different. You've set us up as palm trees to thrive and to display your glory and to twirl in the storms. And God, to receive nourishment from your spirit and to have victory in our life. And so, God, today, we walk out of this church giving you praise and glory. We will not be defeated. Father, we are are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And we give you praise and glory now. And all of God's people said, amen. God bless you today. Thanks for being with us this morning.